Yep, hello again. Welcome to another episode of the Manchester City Voice podcast, or the Man City Voice podcast, to give us official um, title. But yeah, um, I'm I'm Peter, and I am your host. And yeah, just welcome, 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 welcome to another exciting week for Man City. Obviously, as this is being recorded, we're in the we're in international um, break time. Um, but there was just the kind of small matter of the uh, of the Manchester derby at the weekend. And as every city plan, uh, city fan on the planet will know, um, we absolutely triumphed it, uh, in a three-one victory against Maureen. I mean Jose Mourinho's men. So um, yeah, plenty to discuss on that front. Um, and then yeah, just a couple of um, couple of things to kind of talk about. Really, I suppose there's the the Foden contract. Um, which has recently been agreed. The Mendy injury, which has recently come out. He's got surgery now. I think it's on his left knee. So a couple of things to discuss. Um, who's going to be Mendy's replacement, that kind of thing. Um, but there is only one place to start. The Derby Day victory absolutely smashed them. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just good to spend some time to kind of reflect on that. Um, and it's really interesting. I've kind of mentioned this before, but... One of the only fixtures at the moment, the City playing the way they are, playing the way they are under Pep Guardiola, there is only one, there's only one thing really to, um, that's, that I suppose is, well, one difficult fixture that is really when City don't kind of play the way that they should do. And that's Anfield and that's Liverpool way at Anfield. And that's it. Pretty much every other fixture I'm really confident going into, and I speak to my dad about this quite a lot. Um, and it's yeah, it's just really, it's just really weird being a City fan going into matches feeling really confident. Even when we had the money under Mancini and under Pellegrini, um, there would still be matches that you would go into, um, even home matches where you'd be thinking, "I'm not sure here. I'm not sure if we're going to get the result." And often we wouldn't get the result. But under Pep, the professionalism that they show, the intensity, the it must be the kind of the concentration um, and just the preparation that goes into into these sorts of games and the whole setup and everything is just immense. And like I said, the only like Liverpool way is probably the only one that I'm like, yeah, not 100 percent sure that we'll kind of um, get a result. I don't think we'll ever get smashed or anything. Obviously, last year was like kind of a little bit different. I don't want to go kind of too much into that, but I think there were kind of like mitigating circumstances. I think Liverpool did play really well. They are a really good team. Um, but there's like a few kind of defensive mistakes. I think the foul, the Firmino goal. I think that's a foul on John Stones. Edison's kick out is 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 something I've never seen Edison do before. Um, uh, we'll talk about Edison a bit later as well, and perhaps whether kind of you know he's made a couple of mistakes in recent weeks, and whether that's something um, to kind of concern us with. But yeah, the only other two fixtures that I kind of think perhaps we won't get something from in terms of like a victory is actually United at home. We haven't. Other than, up until last Sunday, we hadn't actually beat them at home for like, like three seasons. So it would have been four seasons if we didn't beat them this Sunday. Um, and even like Spurs away, and I've said this before, because I just think Poch can set up a team and get his team playing in such a way that it's just really difficult to play against. I mean, look at last season when Spurs played and absolutely smashed the what would be the, the kind of the champions of Europe, Real Madrid. So they, and City, and I've said this before, City, City have played them um, in Pep's first season. When uh, obviously Poch was also in charge, and um, and Poch did a number on him, so that's kind of that's like the only two fixtures. I'm like Anfield away, not 100 percent sure about getting a victory, um, and then Spurs away, United at home. United at, playing United at Old Trafford. I'm just confident. I just feel like they've got everything to lose, and we've got everything to gain. So. I think the kind of the pressure going into those matches. I mean, last season was a you know it was only two one, but in my eyes it was just kind of a total dominant annihilation of everything that kind of Mourinho stands for and Pep stands for, and it was just beautiful. And to be honest, Sunday was like that as well. And you know that what was it forty four pass move at the end just kind of sums everything up. United, I mean, in a in a weird way we we absolutely smashed them, but in a weird way, kind of like watching the match. You have to kind of give you you know a lot of City fans probably won't um, won't agree with this or whatever. But you have to give credit to Mourinho the way he sets up his team. And I know that was kind of a bit of you know criticism about perhaps maybe the way they approached it or the fact that the you know the the um, the the way that maybe they closed down, perhaps the intensity or whatever. But actually, the the one that they 
they picked apart was the 44 pass move. And that's like, you know, it's kind of the 80 off minute. So, you know, the City have, at that point had like 60 odd percent possession. They've, they've kind of rang circles around United for most of the match. Most of the players on that pitch, especially United players, are going to be tired. So it's going to, it's going to have an impact. Um, but actually just watching it, I was kind of, in some ways, kind of, yeah, I'd like, you know, admired Mourinho the way that he does set up his team. Because I think actually if you watch it as a kind of, if you try to watch from kind of a neutral perspective, based on all the other matches that City have come up against this season, I think actually City, even though they were able to find space because of the players that they've got on the pitch and just how, how good they are, I think United did make it difficult for us in in, stage, in stages in that match. But, you know, realistically, um, it was it was comfortable. <laughs> it was so comfortable. I, you know, and I've I I go on about this a lot, but we just don't give chances away. And you know, people can moan like that idiot Duncan Castles can moan about, um, you know, cynical fouling and all this kind of stuff. I mean, does anybody not watch Fernandinho before Pep took charge? I think like there's no like no one took notice of this player. I mean, he's an absolutely class player, and we'll get onto him in a minute. There's no one actually watching before even Pep Guardiola turned up. He was doing it back then. He's just a cynical player. He just gives away fouls. And part of the reason is because he's really good at actually um, at closing down players and being on the front foot and anticipating where the ball's going to go and getting there. And sometimes he's going to mistime that run. But he closes them down. He puts them under pressure. And often it works in his favour. But when it doesn't work in his favour, he's so close to them, he's, he's almost certainly going to give a foul away. So... And Fernandinho is probably not, you know, not the. Only, I guess they're not the only one that he's saying because actually it's the only one that I can think that actually does it. it was, there's the odd incident recently where I was like, Sane kicked somebody. Well, that's not. That's not like that's cynical, but there's kind of like. Fun, I suppose the the accusation on Fernandinho is he kind of does it with a smile on his face, and it's kind of not the fouls aren't so bad. But if the fouls aren't that bad, they don't deserve a yellow card. Some idiot journalist, I can't remember what his name is, could have been Castles, some other United United journalist. Suggesting that two of Fernandinho's tackles deserved a yellow. Are you kidding me? Are you? <laughs> they weren't bad. They weren't bad tackles. They're just breaking up play. And if that deserves a yellow, a yellow, a yellow card, and that's where we've got to in the in kind of English football, professional football, um, then the game's gone, really, in my opinion. But um, yeah, it's just it's just so difficult to play against City. It's 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 just ridiculous, and I love it. It's it's amazing to watch. Um, it's just absolutely beautiful. the The whole team is working um, beautifully. It, there's a r- real nice symmetry to it. There's a real nice flow. Everybody knows where they should be playing. I think we're scoring as many goals and look as threatening as last evening. Perhaps a little, even a bit more. I don't know, but like it just kind of feels that way. We just feel like it's kind of chance after chance after chance. There's like not a kind of five minutes that goes by without City creating a chance. Um, but the, the, our defensive stability is is ridiculous. I mean, I think we're going to go through this campaign conceding less than twenty goals. That's what I think at the moment, and we're kind of we're on course for that. But I just I can't see us conceding that many goals or that many chances. Um, we concede the the least number of chances in the whole league. Um, the I can't remember the last time we we conceded from. Um, from open play, I think it was September um, in the Premier League, at least. So it's just maddening how difficult it is to play against City, and every team that's going to play against City coming up is is gonna is gonna feel that. Um, and I just feel totally confident going into every single game that we've got coming up in the next month or so. I think there's kind of like six, isn't it like six games in kind of like less than a month. So it's. Um, yeah, it's it, it's going to be frantic. It's going to be crazy, but I love it. I love City. I love City at the moment of the way that they're playing. Love Pep Guardiola, um, the way he got, he's got the boys playing. I love the fact that we've absolutely smashed United. Um, and like I said, it's kind of one of those. I was funnily enough when I recorded the last episode of this, I was actually really confident going into the match, and then the day strikes, and then you're like, oh yeah, it's Derby Day. Uh, I've I kind of felt this before. I've been a bit confident. And then, like, you know, Paul Scholes has scored some dopey-ass goal um, and, you know, beat us 1-0. It's, it's good, one of those things where you can't be... You can never be too confident. But I just 
just with the way that we were playing, I didn't see how they were going to kind of score past us. And the only thing, and the only pretty much chance that they they had was was really the penalty. Other than that, there's kind of a few half chances and that kind of thing, but nothing of note really. I mean, you look at the highlights and kind of like match of the day or whatever, match of the day too. Um, there's nothing in there from United. It's, there's literally nothing. It's ridiculous. Um, I mean, I think if you watch the game, they kind of had a few chances in kind of the in our third. Not our chances, but they had possession in our third, but just didn't really create anything. It goes to show kind of defensive solidity. And yeah, the you know pundits um, and ex-professionals and that kind of thing, they won't give City the credit they deserve. I don't think. I don't think they have. I think you know if it was Liverpool doing these things, I think they have. They kind of they go overboard on Virgil Van Dijk. Who's mentioned the season that Laporte's having? Anyone? Anyone mentioned? Yep, silence. Absolute silence. Because no one's no one's mentioned it. Other than City fans. And we're trying to promote him. We're trying to promote him. He's just a beast. The few instances in that match against United, he was ridiculous. I mean, he's like Beckenbauer-esque. I'm sorry, I'm not going over the top here. He is ridiculous at reading the game, closing the opposition down, winning the ball, and he's amazing on the ball as well. Stones is having a really good season as well, and I think those two can really rub um, rub off well against each other. Um, I suppose the the only the only slight concern, I suppose, moving forward, and we'll kind of like maybe we'll mix it in. Um, I was going to kind of leave it until the end, but why you know why not deal with it now? But the only two things are kind of like the Edison situation. Um, in terms of the penalties he's given away and and Mendy and obviously his recent injuries. So we'll look at Edison first. Um, you know what? I've said kind of like, you know, the uh, teed it up as kind of maybe concerns about Edison. You know what? I don't have concerns about Edison, but it'd be interesting to kind of maybe perhaps see what you think. But I literally have zero concerns. Um, I don't know whether he's bored. Not sure. <laughs> um, or whether it's just, you know, it's a slightly mistiming. But I think he'll learn. He's still relatively young. I think he's only 24. Potentially, we've got this guy in goal for like 10 years. I mean, that's how good he is. I mean, the only thing that kind of slightly goes against him, I suppose, is his agility and his size. Um... Even though I actually think there's a few saves that he has made that has shown how good a shot stopper he actually is. I don't think just because of, you know, clearly if you're a big guy, you're a bigger unit, it's going to take you a bit like, bit longer to want to kind of get down or get across to things. Um, it, he hasn't really shown those weaknesses, to be honest with you. You know, maybe kind of like, was it like the, you know, the Oxlade Chamberlain going against Liverpool last season or whatever, perhaps you could kind of point out. But uh, for me, that's just a good striking and a good finish into the corner. Um, but you know he's proved that he actually is a good shot stopper against United last season at Old Trafford. He's made that amazing double save a couple of weeks ago. I think it was against was it Shakhtar or whatever. There was a there was a free kick as well that he saved recently. So I've got no concerns. But I suppose he just he he always likes to come out. He likes to command of his areas, kind of that you know that sweeper keeper that Neuer's pretty much kind of like started off. Um, and I like it. I like the way he plays. Um, I like the way how kind of daring he is. But perhaps he should just rein it in. Because realistically, even if, you know, in both of those occasions, they're both on the left-hand side of the penalty box. They're going absolutely nowhere. They'd have to do something to, you know, to do something special to actually score um, from, from those positions. So I think yeah, as keen as he is to come out and patrol the area, I think, to be honest with you, just let them have the shot. Well, you know, what 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 harm is it going to do? Do you know what I mean? So, um but, you know, these things are close and they are tight. I mean, you look at it last season with the kind of the Mane situation. Edison gets there first and he makes the right decision to come out and he gets absolutely clattered for it and he's kind of, you know, blood's coming out of his face and stuff. So that's how kind of close it can be um, for and against. And he just gave a couple of penalties away recently. Um, but I'm, I'm not concerned. I'm really not concerned. I think he's an amazing keeper. Like I said, I think he's going to be City's keeper for the next kind of 10 years or so. No issues. Absolutely love him. Um... Yeah, and that's kind of about it, really. That's all, that's, that's all I really want to say about Edison. I, think, um, I absolutely love him. Love the centre-back partnership. Um, already talked about that. But yeah, let's go on to kind of Mendy. Um, last couple of games, I just think he's shown... I think restraint is the is probably the word. I think he's probably played a, um, uh, for the team as much as anything. And I don't know whether it's kind of... I guess, you know, everything's an instruction from Pep. So kind of a bit of a stupid statement to make that. But I think... From my point of view, he's been less kind of gung-ho, um, but there have been quite a few big matches recently. And even though he didn't do well, he didn't do that well, especially in the first half against Spurs a few weeks ago, I think since then, he's shown what a good player he can be. He's No one's getting past him for pace. Um, 
unless he kind of you know dives in or whatever. you know what I mean it's kind of it's one if it's foot race hardly anyone's beating him um and I think it was a really steady performance against United. That's why it's such a, such a shame that he's he's got this injury and he's had this surgery. Now I don't think he's going to be out for too long. I think a few weeks, but because um, I don't think the, the surgery was kind of too too invasive. But um, from what I understand, so it'd be interesting to see who who we go with moving forward. I mean, the obvious one, obviously, from last season is Delph. But I really like Sinchenko. I don't necessarily think he's a left back. Um, in terms of his natural position, I think centre midfield is probably his natural position. Um, but I, I think he's made good good strides in that in in that area. He's made really good progress, and actually his one touch and his keep ball is is the he's the best left back we've got in 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 the squad for that. He's better than Mendy. He's definitely better than Mendy. Mendy, that's not his forte. He can do it. Um, but yeah, so it's it's just a real shame um, that. That Mendy um, has had this injury, but realistically, it, it's interesting how I think a lot of these things should be nipped in the bud early. And I kind of feel like with the Aguero situation, with the injury that he had, I don't know whether it was a club decision or Aguero's decision, but I feel like he had pain for quite a long time. I think a number of seasons, and it was never kind of nipped in the bud or resolved. Um, but it was resolved. Um, recently with with Aguero and now he's looked sharper than ever and he's now the top goal scorer in the Premier League so I think you need to do these things sometimes you need to suck it up we've got a big enough squad we can deal with it we can handle it we can play Delfleck back Zinchenko Laporte um anyone else I don't know probably play Sane there I'll play play Sane as a wing back and play kind of three at the back so I think we can I think we can deal with it I've got no issues um and just slightly quickly going back to kind of Edison actually one thing that I didn't pull out some of his passes um, in that match were absolutely amazing. I know, I know that's kind of one of his main features, but oh my god, how good is that? How good is that lad um, at, at knocking it about? And just some of the real skillful passes, like the, some of the long range range ones, long range ones to Sane um, up against Young were really impressive because they're not just kind of hit and hope; they're played into an area where. It gives Sane the best chance of actually being able to get the ball, but get the ball in a really dangerous area, um, and it stretches the play. Um, and if you know if they have got if he have got a press on, it basically leaves kind of four or five United players up where our defence and Edison is, and the whole game is stretched. And then you've got players, you know, especially like and when De Bruyne comes back, that's where he's really really impactful because De Bruyne loves a counter, um, even though he's kind of not you know not as quick as like Sane or whatever. He's always seems to be there or thereabouts when there's a when there's a breakaway on, um, you know, stri- striding forward and that kind of long stride pattern that he has. So. Um, that, those are balls from Edison. But the, the one where I think he's played, like, they're closing it down. He's in his six-yard box. He hasn't got much room to manoeuvre. And I think he's played it to Laporte. And he's literally bent it like a big banana <laughs> right round. And I think the ball's almost gone out of play. And it's and it's used the spin. And it's come right round straight to Laporte's feet. Hasn't had to move. It's ridiculous how good he is with that left foot. Um, absolutely amazing. Setting a new bar for goalkeepers across the world. And in my opinion, I haven't seen a better goalkeeper, um, a more assured goalkeeper in the Premier League. There just hasn't been. De Gea's not on form at the moment. Loris is making loads of mistakes. Um, I just, you know, who else is there? There's Kepa for, 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 for Chelsea. To be fair, he's done pretty good, actually, since he's come in. Um, but that's no surprise, because um, he's been really good for the last few seasons. But um, uh, And obviously came with a big price tag. Allison actually has looked assured, but has made the odd mistake. Um, but for me, and obviously you can point to Edison's kind of, you know, giving away penalties as mistakes. Um, but I think that's going to happen. Like I said, I think they're kind of quite close decisions. So I'm not kind of too concerned about that at all. But um, for me, I think he's easily the best, the best goalkeeper in the Premier League at the moment, keeping the most clean sheets. Um, but everything, and I've said this before, everything, everything builds from Edison. Without Edison a lot of our play doesn't work or is not the same and doesn't have that impact. He can find space and find players that other goalkeepers and even other players, and let's be honest, right? Other players um, just can't do. He can find those spaces. I mean, that ball, like I said, that banana ball that he's played to Laporte um, on the left-hand side, he's got no space at all. He's got no right to get that ball there the way he has. He's literally just hit across it, but so much spin on it. It's going to banana it around. It's, it's just brilliant. And 
no other keeper in probably world football, especially that kind of elite level, along with the kind of the shot stopping, his size, all of that, the, the whole package. There's no one else. Um, I think, I suppose the only person you could say is Neuer, but actually Neuer hasn't got, for me, he makes too many mistakes with the ball. He is confident with the ball at his feet. I think perhaps too confident. He just hasn't got the same skill level as Edison. I think Edison, it's said before, and it's kind of been ridiculed, I think Edison could do a job up top. Perhaps not in like midfield or whatever, because I don't think he's got the mobility. But I think there's a good chance if you kind of stick to him, Stuart Pierce, Jane, David James style up top, um, last few minutes, I think he'll do a job. Hold up plays good. You're not going to get in and around him. He's just too big. And that left foot, he can find space. Um, and I think he's got a through ball in him. I think I think that's going to be the future. I think if Stuart Pierce needs to ring Pep Guardiola up, have a word with him, say, look, mate, I, I did it with David James. Didn't quite work out for me, but... <laughs> With um, with you, it could do. You never know. Last minute of the Champions League final. Stick Edison up there. Um, I think I think he's got a goal in him. Um, and yeah, I think I say I don't want to kind of go maybe for the whole team. But I think Walker had a pretty good uh, pretty good game. So I don't think there's nothing, nothing too much to say there. Um, but I think probably I think before the Derby game for me it would have been maybe one of the two silvers that was our player of the season. I would say David just edging Bernardo. Um, I just think if you if you take David Silver out of that centre midfield position, I think it has a bigger impact than if you take Bernardo out currently. And I think that's that's what I would do. Bernardo Silva's having an unbelievable season. I actually called it. You can go back on my Twitter feed if you want to um, at Soccer PM. I called it that I think Bernardo Silva will be the PFA player of the year of this season. I think there was enough in it. There was enough signs last season. Even though he didn't start every match, he came on in most, I think most, if not all matches. He played the most games of anyone. I think since he started for, since he signed for, for Pep, he's played the most games out of anyone. I think just overtaken Edison recently. So, so yeah, anyway, he's, um, I think he's been absolutely outstanding playing in that kind of basically De Bruyne position that kind of right attacking centre midfield position um, and it, the partnership that he's building up with him and Mares and Walker um, on that kind of right hand side I think is is working beautifully the way that he can kind of cut in he's like I said I, for me he's, a, he's a, literally a cross between Messi and David Silva it's just ridiculous obviously he hasn't quite got the, the heights of Messi like no, you know the greatest footballer of all time no he is not but um, if he just reminds me of that he's got David, he's got a lot of David Silver in him, but he's also got kind of that messy esque going round players, um, and that kind of he's got a nice finish to him as well. He's a threat. He's a goal, he's a goal scorer. So um, I think before the derby game for me, David Silver just edges Bernardo Silver in terms of City's current player of the year. But actually, after Fernandinho's performance in the derby, I'm going with Ferner. Ferner's my man. At the moment, he's edging it in terms of player of the season for me. Um, that performance was masterful. It was brilliant. It, I, it, the, it amazes me how these kind of crazy Brazilian managers can't see how good this player is. He's He's immense. And I know that Casemiro's done really well for, for Real Madrid in the last few seasons. Yeah, they've got kind of their spoiled for riches almost. It's kind of a bit like the kind of Firmino, Gabriel Jesus, you know, ridiculous debate. I mean, they're both pretty much as good as each other. Like, Gabriel Jesus has got an amazing record for Brazil. He's young, he's fast, he's quick, he works so hard for the team, something I don't think necessarily Firmino can... can um, can match. I think Firmino works hard, not as hard as Gabriel Jesus. There isn't, I don't think there's a player that I've seen, you know, other than probably like Tevez or Dickoff, <laughs> that works as hard as Gabriel Jesus. He works his socks off when he gets on that pitch. He's, he's unbelievable. I really, really like him. But, you know, but Firmino as well, he's a great striker. Um, and I just think it doesn't really matter who you play. And I think for me, Brazil, they can play Casemiro or they can play Fernandinho. I wouldn't play both of them because I think you'd play two attacking midfielders ahead of them. Um, but that's what I would do. I wouldn't have two sitting, I'd have one sitting. But kind of, I'd play, play, basically play similar to how City players are kind of like 4 1, 4 1, 4 1, whatever you want to call it. Um, so that's what I would do. Um, but anyway, we digress. But I just think, yeah, Fernandinho, he's just had. 
he's had an unbelievable season. He's probably had an unbelievable two seasons. And he's finally, for me, getting the recognition that he deserves. He hope you know, when he finishes his career at City, I have no doubt that he will go down as one of the greatest players that we've ever had. It's as simple as that. He is phenomenal. His range of passing is ridiculous. There's a pass in that first half. He absolutely drills it, side foot, as straight as you like. I think it's to Bernardo, and he has that chance on goal. That pass is one of the best passes I've ever seen. How straight and hard he hits that. It's really difficult skill. Um, I mean, I've played to a level, um, not to the highest level where, but I'd say, you know, I'm pr- pretty decent. But that pass is ridiculous. In terms of technique, is immense to pull off. You try and play like a 30-yard ball or whatever straight and as hard as that when you've got defenders right in front of you. It's so difficult and he and he pulls it off to perfection. Um, helped by the fact that Bernardo Silva's got the best touch in, on the planet. Um, and like I said, probably should have scored from that. I think that was in the, the early the early stage of that match. But he's just played the whole the whole match. He was just ridiculous. He was there. He was up. He was down. He was tackling. He was finding passes. He finds space. Um, he's just immense. And like we said this before, and it's kind of like a bit of an, a boring, annoying debate in many ways. Because actually, as long as he stays fit, I can see him playing in that team for at least another couple of seasons, maybe three. Because you know the way that you know, modern foot. Uh, um, science is going and you know the kind of physiology of kind of and science and all that kind of stuff I think there's no real reason why he would have that much of a decline in the next couple of years I can't really see it so he's got the rest of this season for me he's probably got at least another two seasons after that and we'll see where we are and see if there's kind of anyone coming through um you know we've got we've got a couple of players on our books that could potentially you know kind of youngsters that could potentially I feel that void. You could argue that perhaps if Chelsea aren't, you know, aren't in the Champions League, whatever. There's kind of Kante. There's, there's a few, uh, and I think there's a couple of players I think in France and things like that. So, um, and De Jong and De Ligt and all that kind of other players that potentially could fill that void. But I think for now, I don't see any reason. I think you'd possibly sign De Jong um, if he came if he came up for um, for sale this summer. Just because he is young, he can actually play in a few different positions, um, and I think it'd be potentially a good idea to get him on the books. So you know, Barca don't get him or whatever. But I can can't see anyone else doing Fernandinho for at least the next eighteen months, um, potentially even further. So yeah, uh, absolute amazing performance from me. Um, and yeah, start the two wingers, Sterling, uh, Sterling Sane again. Um, just really, really good performances from them like team performances and I they're just a threat Sterling's having one of the you know the seasons of his life um and he's he just never fails to kind of amaze me just how good he is the runs he makes how much pressure he puts on the opposition um the threat that he is um and yeah just another all-round performance I was really pleased um to see, well, it's obviously Sane came on later, but kind of Sane and Mares and Sterling, those kind of wingers interchanging. For me, there's not really too much in it between all of them. Um, and it's nice to have kind of have those options. And if you like, obviously, once Kevin De Bruyne gets back, you can potentially even play Bernardo Silva um, wide as well. So we've, you know, it's, it's great. We've got options. We're playing really well. The wingers are such a massive part of our threat in terms of bre- kind of breaching those spaces. Um, another amazing performance from from Sergio Aguero as well. How good is Aguero? I mean, he's, so, he's the man for the big occasion, isn't he? You know, there's that. Um, there's a few players that you can go. Uh, you know, a, 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 a perhaps point a finger at. I think they're like Henri at one time, um, or perhaps maybe out for, for his kind of like not his whole career, but I think at one time there was like a, a you could point a finger. At, I think. Omri and say he wasn't quite the man for the big occasion. Even kind of, I think, Ronaldo when he was kind of at United, I think. But um, clearly when he was at Real Madrid, that would be ridiculous. But Aguero's just, you know, you know, come of the hour, come of the man. I, I wasn't so sure that he would score. Um, but, I mean, that finish is just a rifle. And I know that De Gea's not playing as well. As he has uh, as he has done previously or previous seasons, which is a concern for United because I think the reason why they finished in the positions that they have done and not conceded as many goals, and the United fans will probably 
um, confirm this as well. It's just the fact that De Gea has been so important to them and has been and has made so many good saves. So I think United are going to be in big, big trouble if if that continues. Um, because I don't think I don't think De Gea is playing badly, but if he's not making those absolute world class saves, um, he's not. He's not preventing some goals going in. The way that United are defending currently and the way that they're not really creating that many chances going forward, that's a big problem. But that's not really an issue for me. <laughs> so, you know, carry on. Um, but yeah, Aguero just... Oh my God. I just He's going to be an absolute legend. He's got the, the best minutes for goals ratio in the Premier League for anyone who scored, scored over 150 goals. Um, and only he's 25 more to... Um, to get up there with Henri and yeah it's just it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Aguero moving forward because I think if he continues in this vein he's going to break some record you know there's no chance of him breaking um, Shearer's record that's ridiculous he didn't start early enough um, in English football but there's a good chance that he could he could get up there um, with Rooney or, or or Cole, but we'll see. It'll be interesting to 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 see where where he finishes off. I think if he can stay fit, which it looks like he has done ever since the summer, he's looked so sharp. Like I said, he's the top goal scorer in the Premier League. Um, he just finds the little those little kind of pockets of space, um, and it's weird because this season he's not really get, kind of getting. Um, uh, pre- I think previous seasons he would kind of get like a, a you know a kind of a. a he would often get a brace. This season, it's been um, the occasional one uh, that he seems to be getting, just kind of pitching in. Um, but for me, I think he's looked really sharp this season. And I'm just really, really happy that he's over that injury um, or that kind of pain that he had. That's now gone. He's looking so, so sharp. He's looking a goal throughout. And I think he could be the man that takes us to Champions League glory. I think you need somebody like a Ronaldo, like a Messi, like a Gareth Bale to kind of... to, to be the difference um, and even though I think uh, in a kind of 90 minute scenario I think that David Silva can be that that person or Kevin DeVoy can be that person but you might only get a half a chance and Aguero is the man to finish that half chance you know what I mean so um, that little one-two that he's plays with Maris is just beautiful he kind of receives the ball um, you know nice quick turn it kind of brings the brings the defender onto him plays the one-two gets round um, and the finish, he almost just like, I love the way he just lets it run kind of across him a little bit. So it almost like tightens the angle for him. But he knows that he can kind of time his stride pattern enough that just absolutely smash it as true and as clean and as high as you like into the roof of the net. De Gea, not so they had no chance because if you look on slow mate, it literally kind of like goes through his hands. Um, but yeah, just a great performance from... Um, from Sergio, um, and then the the kind of you know the piece de resistance, the kind of icing and the cherry on the top of the big derby cake um, was that kind of last little moment between was it Sterling, Sarney, and Foden where they're in the corner, um, and uh, and yeah, and they just kind of keep the ball off United and then a little showboating from Sterling. And like, I don't know, I don't know who's been moaning. I didn't really see it, and I didn't really kind of see who was moaning about the showboating. But if you're United fans, seriously get a life or get you know just get lost because you facilitated Ronaldo doing that pretty much every single game he played for United he doesn't really tend to do it anymore but when he was playing wide Ronaldo would always do that do that kind of like weird step over thing that he would do um just for no literally for no apparent reason Sterling does it literally in the in the last minute once um, a couple of little step overs and then that's it and that's kind of somebody you know supposedly some people are moaning about showboating um Seriously, it's that's just ridiculous. End of story. That's it. Just ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. Um, pathetic, and and yeah. Call if you need a number to call. Oh one two one. Do one. That's right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was beautiful, wasn't it? And I love the fact that Foden was involved. Can you imagine? Can you imagine like growing up as a City fan? Because if you 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 know you dream of playing for City, you dream of kind of putting on the blue shirt, you dream of playing. I think when I was growing up, it was Main Road, but the Etihad, whatever. Playing playing under Pep Guardioli, you're kind of 18 years old. You're coming on in the derby, amazing. Your first kind of pretty much derby experience, and then the last few minutes, you just get, you get to 
take the piss out of United by keeping the ball in the corner and wasting time. Even though we're 3-1 up, it makes no difference. It's not like it's 2-1, it's 3-1. There was, you know, they haven't created a, a, um, a shot all match, but they're just taking the piss in the corner. It's, it's beautiful, it's amazing, I love it. Um, his reaction on, on, on online on Twitter, and that was, was brilliant as well. Um, so yeah, amazing. Fair play to Foden. I think the first of many, 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 many derbies that he's going to be involved in. Um, so kudos to him and hats off to him. And amazing that he's obviously signed a new contract. I think it keeps him until, I think it's like the 20, the 22nd century or something. Um, it's someday way in the future. So that's amazing. Um, absolute nailed on. I'm sure terms will get revised as he goes on to become England's... Um, first Ballon d'Or winner in you know in 20 years or whatever after Michael Owen that's my prediction um he's that good so yeah um and just just a great performance um and obviously there's still things going on about kind of FFP but I don't really want to talk about that I did mention it in in the last episode but I think I had a few technical difficulties getting that one out so apologies if that one's kind of late or after almost like after the event if that makes sense but it's out there anyway it can have a little list and listen back to kind of what I thought kind of prior to the derby the FFP stuff um but yeah it's just it's just sour grapes from uh, from people really um you know I I hope these journalists that are saying it's so bad that City have kind of received this investment from um from you know the Abu Dhabi United group and the Emirates and all this you know the all countries within the Emirates that um I hope they don't have a car have ever filled up a car have ever been in a car have ever gone on holiday on an airplane have ever had a bank account with Barclays um, yeah, have ever kind of bought a ticket at City, has ever kind of paid money towards, you know, any, you know, any of these things, has ever gone to, you know, the Arsenal with Emirates, you know, it's just hypocrisy, and yeah, there are issues with, um, human rights abuse and that kind of thing, but this, you know, that's not the, this is not the debate, this is, this is football, this is like, they're investing in football, and what, I don't get the kind of the whole PR exercise, this is not, them putting on a front this is just them i guess kind of expanding their portfolio in terms of what what they want to invest in and you know they've done an amazing you know let's just look at it from a footballing perspective it's up for politicians and things like human rights watch and you know the united nations and and all these other kind of um amnesty international and all these other kind of organizations to to hold people account for human rights abuses and that kind of thing and yes you can kind of you can criticize that and uh, for, for, for me the kind of the money situation it's not irrelevant I think it's important but it's for me it's just creative accounting um at, on a kind of grand level now whether you kind of agree or not with that and I guess most people from other clubs may not kind of agree with the way that City have gone about it you could clearly argue and it's just weird like you know I didn't say I'll go into it. I'll go into it a little bit it's just it's weird that the value that that the that the Etihad or the Etihad the value of the Etihad deal and the value of other deals probably back then might have seemed extreme not as extreme as the Qatar deal the kind of 250 million when it was only valued like eight or whatever which is just crazy but now probably seems like small change like in terms of kit deals we've got one of the smaller kit deals um in terms of kind of like naming rights and all that kind of stuff we've we haven't got one of the larger larger ones or one ours is kind of uh, but actually, it's obviously it's a shirt and stadium combo. So if you take those kind of things as as individual things and kind of add them up, as kit deals, stadium deal, um, and um, kit sponsor deal as well, then you know you can you could argue that actually now the values seem perhaps even on the low side, bearing in mind the the exposure, the revenue, and how highly thought of City are are in terms of a football club. They're clearly for me in the top ten football clubs in the whole entire world. Um, so in terms of kind of you know value, exposure, all that kind of stuff, you know the all or nothing um, documentary and all that and all the other things that kind of go with City. Um, but yeah, for me, I think muddying not you know. For me, it does muddy the waters. You know, look at you know, it's re- it recently came. I don't know how re- not how recently, but it wasn't so long ago that I think it was announced that Sheikh Mansour sold his stake in Barclays, making like something like two billion or over two billion. And he was one of the main reasons and the main investors that prevented Barclays from needing a cash um, buyout or kind of um, like RBS had from the government. So, you know, the, it's it's 
and uh, God only knows where what uh, the kind of other dodgy, you know, dodgy in inverted commas, and you can't see that I just did that, but I did, um, inverted commas, um, regimes are investing in, and the dodgy schemes that, you know, people like, you know, I don't know, Jacob Rees-Mogg and all his mates, and um, David Cameron, his father, and, you know, all these other kind of politicians that are kind of doing, you know, avoiding or evading tax, whatever you want to call it, and all the different other things that are going on, where, you know, the oil is not going to last forever, um, the Emirates and the kind of Middle Eastern companies know this, and so they're branching out in terms of their portfolio. They're investing in lots of other different companies across the globe. And if you're not going to criticize those things as well, and if you want to kind of hold yourself to those kind of morals of, I'm never going to have a Barclays account, or I'm never going to do this, and never going to do that, whatever, you know, that's fine. But you have to hold those people account as well as kind of pointing the, point the finger at City. Because for me, the the if you the the kind of human rights things that are going on in that country are, de- are, are totally separate to investing in 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 a football team and definitely separate from you know f- you know from financial fair play or whatever and let you know unless you can come to me and say there's direct correlation between you know city are directly funding um you know dodgy arms deals or whatever you know but that's just not it's not happening it's not the way it works so um for me I think it's just a, a, a that kind of De Spiegel thing was, um, for me, it was kind of a very German Bayern biased. I think I can kind of say that because like my nan was, my nan and my mum, German, they're born in Germany. So I think I can say that kind of good authority. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah, anyway, doesn't really matter. Um, so, um, but yeah, just going back to the derby, boy, that was beautiful. That, <laughs> that was one of the best derbies I think I've ever watched. Um, still a little bit nervy because I think it's always nervous, you know, watching City um, full stop. It's, um, you know, just even though, even when we're kind of, you know, three, four nil up, you just, you always think that kind of, you know, typical City kind of thing is going to perhaps going to happen or whatever. So, but um, obviously it hasn't done for a while. And with Pep in charge, I don't really see that happening. But um, for me, an absolutely beautiful Derby day. One of the best I, 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 I remember um, I remember the one back. I can't remember which year it was. It was early two thousands with Kevin Keegan and the one with Gary Neville, where Sean Goat picks his pocket. Um, and I think we win that day three one. That's it. Just kind of reminded, not remind me of that day. Obviously, they're totally different football matches, but just because of the scoreline and just because of the the almost the euph- the euphoric nature of that result and then this result as well um just to kind of see for some reason that kind of sticks in my mind perhaps it's just the result thing um but i love the fact that yeah we smashed them at home through one back at main road i think it was the last derby day um and then this time we the golfing class between city and i bearing in mind that though we finished one on two last year um it's just immense and really really pleasing if you're a man, if you're a man city fan clearly um so I think, um, yeah, in terms of moving forward, obviously we've got, um, in terms of what Pep's got to think about, um, he's got to think about who's going to replace um, Mendy at left back. Like I said, he's got kind of a few different options. Clearly, like we've, I kind of mentioned already, he's got um, Delph. Interestingly enough, Delph is actually going to be captain of um, of the England team um, that starts, um, I think it's like, is it midweek or towards the end of the week against um, against against uh, the United States it's the kind of you want to I don't know what you want to call it but the kind of Rooney testimonial kind of match um but yeah Delph is gonna uh, is gonna start that so yeah be interesting to see if he wants to kind of deploy Delph as that kind of you know makeshift left back or whether he kind of sees him as a as just a normal um uh kind of centre midfield almost like for now perhaps the only one that in the squad that can feel um the the Fernandinho um, void, if you see what I mean, but I, it's not—it's clearly not, you know, it's clearly not a void uh, because Fernandinho is not out. But yeah, just, um, just yeah, really interesting to see kind of what he what he does there. Um, and like I said, I keep I keep saying this, and I keep wanting to kind of uh, promote my little, uh, my man Phil. Um, but it'd be really interesting to, and hopefully because there are so many games kind of coming up for City, whether he actually does get get the time um, under his belt that I think he deserves. Um, but there's, there's, it's a good few days now before, um, before City 
play again. If it's if it's uh, yeah, if it's relevant, we'll have another. Um, we'll do another um, podcast just before the return um, on from the international break. So that will be kind of probably on uh, maybe like Friday the 23rd of November, something like that. But definitely like next week now. See how kind of some of the City players have gone on. Review kind of, you know, Foden under 21 um, form. Delph, how he gets on, that kind of thing. See if kind of there's, you know, Sterling can continue his good form for England um, and any other kind of international. So we'll do a bit of kind of an international roundup, if you will. Um, see what kind of like the fallout is from the FFP. Maybe even perhaps do an FFP um special one um so keep posted for that um just getting all the different kind of views really and try to you know it's i think it's important to have balance here i think actually you know city have clearly broken rules but actually they've been punished for those i don't know if you can go back retrospectively because they've actually been punished but i don't know if there's additional things that they can do bear in mind kind of think it was more the way that they went about it and the fact that you know, if you didn't know certain things that are happening or whatever but for me they've already been punished so I don't think from a legal perspective from listening to a few people that they potentially can go back um, but it'll be interesting anyway but when we return um, Saturday 24th of November we've got um, West Ham away um, you know uh, be uh, you know amazing to kind of have um, or play against Pellegrini's team um, and Zabba's team um, it feels like a kind of a friendly team. I know there's kind of like a bit of a loving, a bit of a bromance between like West Ham and City. Um, for some reason, seems to be like two clubs that just get on um, in terms of fan wise and online. There's quite a good kind of rapport between the two sets of fans and that kind of thing. And I think that even more so now with the fact that Pellegrini is doing half a good job for um, for West Ham and the fact that Zabaleta is there. And even obviously going back to last season and things like um uh, with Joe Hart obviously being there as well, so they're kind of connections, um, and then it just and then it's thick and fast. You've got um, we've got Leon coming up after that a few days later on on the Tuesday, um, and then there's Bournemouth at home, Watford away, um, then it's then it's Chelsea away, and then it's the, the I think it's the final Champions League match at home to uh, to to Hoffenheim, and then there's a and then there's a couple of other matches after that. And we're into kind of like the Christmas period, so yeah, it's. You know, from from pretty much the what was it the what date do we get back? It's the twenty fourth of November. Um, just kind of adding them up now. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We've got like eight matches. You could even argue nine matches in the space of a month, um, which is which is crazy. A lot of matches. A lot of time kind of moving around the squad now is going to be really important having that depth there so I think actually for me last kind of thing let's get let's more time to Foden he's he's definitely the man I know it's difficult like I said Bernardo Silva and David Silva are the two of the best players this season for me that kind of um triangle Fernandinho Silva Silva it works so beautifully they're playing so well how difficult is it going to be to get Foden in there it's you know it is going to be difficult but I think if you're gonna if you want to kind of bring him on and actually who knows Kevin De Bruyne has been out for quite a while something might happen to one of the Silvers or both of them at at the same time so we're going to need players that can come in straight away um like I said it was nice to actually just kind of maybe leave on uh, the Gundogan note I'm so pleased for him that after that and there's a few people online that kind of hating on Gundogan a little bit um, for whatever reason. I don't know why. I think he's a really good player. I think actually in a season or so's time, he might be one of the players that perhaps we get rid of. But I just think there'll be no real reason to necessarily do that unless he wants to leave. Because I think he is such a strong player, can play in multiple positions. He can play in that kind of Fernandinho role, can play in kind of attacking midfield role. I think for me, he could even probably play as like a kind of Mascherano type and kind of as a centre-back. He's not that tall, so... but nor was Mascherano nor is Mascherano but I think he's just so good on the ball he likes breaking forward he's always a threat and to score a goal um, like he showed against United on Sunday so I like Gundo um, I think he's a really important member of the squad I think he's he's got a hard job obviously breaking into the kind of the first team and being that kind of one of those main men because unfortunately David Silva is an absolute baller and an absolute legend and Bernardo Silva is 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 the future so it, it you know it's it's really difficult but it's really nice to kind of have that squad dynamic where we have got so many good players that can kind of come in do a job 
um, and they all seem to as well. I think that's kind of like the main thing, probably like my last comment, I suppose, um, on this episode is that, yeah, he just it's just so nice to see that so all the City players play at such a high level whenever they play, whether it's a five-minute cameo performance, whether they're starting in the League Cup and they hadn't started for a couple of couple of matches prior to that, or whether it's the regulars. Every single one of them is pretty much on it um, this season. We've looked, to- we've looked totally immense. We haven't had De Bruyne playing. Hopefully he'll be back in a couple of weeks' time. Um, I suppose the good thing is, is that we've got this international break where it basically gives him kind of like two, three weeks, which is good. Um, and then, like I said, we've got kind of, what, seven or eight matches or something ridiculous in a month. So really nice to get to probably back in a few weeks' time, um, get him involved, get Foden involved, get Gundo, you know, kind of get that squad rotating going, because um, I think there's just no stopping us this season. Yes, we're only kind of two points ahead of, of Liverpool, but um, and I'm not too sure what kind of their fixtures are coming up. Probably could look it up, but um, I'm not going to bother. I think our fixtures look coming up look favourable. Um, I think the only one that's kind of too a little bit tricky, perhaps, would be would be the Chelsea one. But look what we did there last season with that kind of De Bruyne goal and the absolute dominant performance. But I'm kind of really, really looking forward to that match. I think it's going to be a thrilling match. I think it's going to be kind of jeopardy in the match. I think we're uh, our attacking play is so good that I think we'll we'll have um, we'll have the. Um, the advantage over Chelsea, but really interesting that they've kind of obviously kind of playing that kind of sorry ball. I don't really like those phrases, but you know, I'll use it. So, got that kind of playing that sorry ball and, and so quickly. And obviously, Hazard has probably be back by then. Um, so, really interesting matchup. Um, I think the, the game of the season last season for me, in terms of watching City, was City at Napoli um, against Sari's team. Um, we came out on top, like I think we'll do against Chelsea as well. Probably a similar, similar scoreline, um, but just a really interesting match um, and a really interesting match. And I think whenever it seems to be like Pep plays against Sari, that the, the that we have that um, and those kind of fireworks. So yeah, really looking forward to the next um, few kind of couple of months. So many games, so much to talk about with City. There's never a dull moment. Um, obviously, as like I said, there's the international break coming up now, but we'll have like an international roundup um, at the end of it next week. Um, but in the meantime, listen back to some of the other ones. Let me know what you think. Get involved. My personal Twitter account at SoccerPM. Main ones at Man City Voice. This is the Man City Podcast. I have been Peter. Thanks again. Come on, you blues. <laughs>